Hello everyone and welcome back guys to more of the Unnamed Motorsport Podcast. Yes, we're back today, Jamie and I, after missing last week. Unfortunately, uh, we were busy with other things going on, so hence why there was no podcast on an off week. But we're back today looking back at the Monaco Grand Prix. But, yeah, Jamie, in the two weeks we've been away, you been up to much, mate? Not really. You know, no. university student in May, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. I mean, you celebrated your birthday. Yeah, I did. Did, like did I you get ago. absolutely fruit pastled? No. <laughs> no. That's, that's a bit disappointing then, I'll be honest. Um, but yeah, uh, I mean, I've been up to a couple of bits. I've got my hair cut, as you can quite clearly see in the video. I'm sure everyone's going to be loving that. Let me know down in the comments below. Uh, one to ten on my fresh trim <laughs> and everything. You'd be very busy uh, flexing your new PC on social media as well. That's why I've been flexing my new PC on social media <laughs> until it's decided to break on two separate occasions. Uh, so I've, I've been loving that as well, but hopefully it's now up and running and actually working at some point in the near future as well. But yeah, the Monaco Grand Prix though, uh, it's, I, I didn't watch it. I didn't watch it live. <laughs> it's That's just straight time, up. <laughs> let's, let's just put that straight on the table. I didn't watch it live. I was out with some friends from work, so I just, I thought it's Monaco, nothing's going to happen I wasn't too worried, and Jamie, I'll be honest, I got home from being out at about half past four in the afternoon, uh, I got a text from my dad going, did you watch Monaco? I responded, no, he went good. <laughs> and I think that basically summed it up for on-track action, didn't it? Pretty much. I think like there wasn't an overtake at all after that one, which is pretty impressive. I can't remember the last time that happened at all. Valencia 2012 screams out 20, to, no 2011 sorry quality, yeah 2011 maybe. sorry screams out to me as a Grand Prix with no one track overtakes I'm sure yeah. we've had some it's probably another some race since then that, yeah. yeah but yeah I I quite enjoyed it anyway but that's mainly because of who did well but exactly. in terms of actual racing it wasn't fantastic exactly yeah and I think this was the thing wasn't it um as a fan of drivers I think for a lot of people, it probably swung their view of the weekend massively, like any weekend does. As a fan of a sport, though, dead race? It was interesting for, like, you're not going to get an absolute cracker of a race at Monaco. Yes, it, it, yeah. It had everything you needed for Monaco. Like, yeah. the strategy was quite interesting, at least for, like, 10 laps in the middle. And then the rest of it, you it's always quite intense at Monaco, just because one lock-up and you're in a wall. So, yeah, this is what I was wondering as well, because I saw a couple of people on Twitter moaning about that. Have we got to the point now, with maybe the exception of Mazepin, where generally nowadays F1 drivers are so good anyway that you just don't really tend to see mistakes around Monaco anymore in a Grand Prix? I think in the race, because it's such a long race and I know that it's, it's pretty much impossible to pass, you might as well just drive at like 50% of your limit. And obviously they're probably... It's still very difficult to race there, obviously. Yeah. No but, one could get round you. Yeah, you can drive it. We saw Ricardo back in uh, 18 with like 160 power. horsepower yeah. down, yeah. <laughs> and he was still able to just drive within his capacities and take the lead and keep the lead. So yeah. I think it's just that they're not pushing. We saw on Saturday in, in practice, drivers were crashing all over the place. So well, you had when, Schumacher been it, didn't you? And, and, then, and Leclerc. And Leclerc in qualifying, which yeah. we were going to mention, yeah. But one. When you're in a race, there's no point really risking it. So they don't yes, want to push yeah. it as hard as they could. Yeah. So, I mean, first of all, then, obviously, discussing qualifying. Uh, Ferrari looked fast all weekend. And I think it was... Was it Verstappen? Or was, it was someone from Red Bull, wasn't it? Asked them, you know, they were hoping they'd done their runs on low fuel. Ferrari 
quietly Cobden all weekend, mm. and it was completely justified. One of those weird instances that we don't really get much during the hybrid era, wasn't it? Where a team that was generally conceived as part of the midfield was properly on the money come Saturday. And really, that only happens at Monaco and Monza at the other end of the spectrum. Yeah, I I quite enjoyed it, really. Like, there's this is why you need tracks like Monaco, tracks like yes, yeah. really different tracks to the norm. Just because otherwise you have Red Bull Mercedes, at all the standard tracks, you have Red Bull Mercedes being the fastest two every single week. And tracks like Monaco, where a driver can make a difference, where a car could just be randomly quick, like that's what keeps F1 interesting. Yeah, in my and, opinion. And I think Monaco is such a driver's track as well. It goes to show that I probably say Ferrari have the strongest lineup right now in terms of both their drivers are performing as well. Uh, it's close. There's, there's a few up there, but yeah, they're definitely. Who would you argue three. out of interest then? Yeah, I would argue mercedes and red bull well bottas has been a bit up and down perez has been a bit up and down in the races perez has generally been really good just qualifying he's not quite there has he yeah he's always been that great uh imola or imola the same for bottas same for yeah and i didn't say bottas was that great (laughs) well fair enough (laughs) (laughs) i don't know ferrari drivers are definitely performing very well i get what you're saying I think they're the only team at the moment that are getting pretty much everything out of both their drivers, I'd argue. Yeah, that's pretty fair enough. Yeah, you'd agree with that. So, obviously, we saw Mick Schumacher bin it in FP3. Obviously, that meant he was out of qualifying in him for... I mean, he's in a Haas anyway. It was going to be a long weekend. Yeah. He uh, lost one position on the grid. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, then, of course, obviously, we got through Q1. No major surprises particularly, were there? Uh, Alonso was bad. That wasn't a major surprise to me. <laughs> <laughs> He's rattled everyone. Uh, <laughs> I mean, he was, hasn't performed so far, has he? It's done okay. It was, what, the four rookies and Alonso out. like Yeah. Which, yeah, no major surprises apart from the yeah, ones. Yeah, the surprise. four Monaco rookies. Let's, let's just specify that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Latifi yeah. technically isn't a rookie, but lo- lost his Monaco virginity this weekend. <laughs> That's an okay way of putting it, I suppose. That's, it's the way I put it now. And Q2 was equally... Not that surprising, apart from Ricardo. Yeah, Ricardo, king of the Monaco streets, king as of he dubbed himself, <laughs> which was arguably the worst thing anyone's ever put on their helmet in Formula One. I think we just need to specify that. Um, yeah, not not a great weekend from Ricardo. I mean, we'll discuss that a lot more as we get into the video. Uh, yeah, my, my McLaren top is for Lando this weekend, not Danny Rick, uh, unfortunately. There. Then, of course, we dive into Q3. Charles Leclerc bangs in pole position in the first lap. And they always say at Monaco, you've got to get your first lap in because someone, normally a Ferrari or a German, it's one or the other, is going to do something on their second run to mean no one can improve. And what happened, Jamie? Uh, that exact happened. That, that Ferrari, exact thing happened. A Ferrari on pole binned it on his second run. Yes, in the three. final sector. Yeah. Never heard that before. No, no. Um, yeah, Germans, Germans or Ferrari drivers, or both, as the case may be. Sometimes <laughs> they they love a good qualifying. Well, no, let let's be fair. I think we just need to get it out there. I <laughs> definitely don't to. believe Charles Leclerc did it on purpose. <laughs> Not at all. No. He screwed himself for the race as well. So why? If he was going to do it, he would have done it properly, like Rosberg did, or Schumacher did. Well, Schumacher yeah. didn't really do it properly. <laughs> no, I mean Rosberg didn't really do it properly, did he? Well, I love he the did. fact still even at qualifying. Like, what was it? One of the other guys made a reference to that. I mean, it's still not funny. Yeah, you know, mate, have some well, chill. You, you got away he, with it. 
he stands by his opinion that it was a mistake. But... 30 metres late into a break zone, I'm <laughs> sorry, is not a mistake. <laughs> I mean, Leclerc turned in about 10 metres early. so I wasn't quite that much, was it? No, it wasn't but, yeah. early. Yeah, no, it, it wasn't great. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Again, we're not trying to say Leclerc did it on purpose. <laughs> Out of the three, that was the least likely to be on purpose. Out of those three instances in Monaco qualifying, but obviously, you, you heard obviously Verstappen on the radio was really annoyed with that. Of course, like every lap, Verstappen's had to abandon, whether it be for track limits or anything like that. Of course, it was going to be the lap of the decade. <laughs> and obviously, it basically meant if he got that pole position, he would have been world champion right then and there, according to Christian Horner and Helmut Marko. You're Marker. so toxic, you. I can't believe this. I'm sorry. <laughs> Come on. He was, what, quarter of a second down on Charlotte He was already. getting pole that lap. He was getting pole. Was he? Was he definitely? Yeah. He was... Uh, he was he a was tenth and a half up at a turn eight. Yeah. And, the red, and he knew he made a mistake. He but was... Charles Leclerc nailed the final sector on his first lap. I thought you were going to say he nailed it in the second lap. He definitely didn't. Mate, uh, I mean, he nailed the wall. He nailed it into the wall, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I feel like you, if a driver I'd... in your last... It's pretty much the most intense lap of the season. Yeah, if you I'm... get it robbed away from you halfway through, you're a bit mad, aren't you? Oh, I can understand he's upset <laughs> by it. I can completely understand that. But on the other hand, it's, again, like you said, it's the most intense lap of the year. There's a fair chance you're going to make a mistake as well. I mean, we saw Hamilton do it. We saw Hamilton rock up against yeah, the wall right twice. In the barrier, wasn't he? Yeah, he properly he slapped the wall through Lower Mirabeau, didn't he? And then slapped it again on the way out of Portier. Mm. Um, obviously, just I mean, as a Hamilton fan, I wasn't too disappointed. I missed the Grand Prix. <laughs> let's let's never, just get never that out. He's never been there. that good at Monaco. He's no, he's not a Monaco specialist, is he? I'd like the to fact... think he's at and Senna when he's not. So I don't think he thinks he's at and Senna <laughs> by any stretch. Um, yeah, it, it says it all, doesn't it? When it, it, Monaco is arguably one of Hamilton's weakest tracks on the calendar, he's still won three Grand Prix there. Um, is it three, really? Is it 2008, 2016, and oh, yeah. 2019? And 20, yeah. 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 Um, I mean, 2008, he slapped the wall, didn't he, and still won that Grand Prix. Yeah. And 2016, uh, so he lucked into. And yeah. And 2019, well, was fair enough. 2016, he didn't luck into. Well, yeah, no, Ricardo, yeah, he did. Sorry. He did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I forgot about Ricardo. I thought you meant Rosberg, I'll be no, honest. No, Rosberg was trash. Rosberg had just, yeah, a, a fun weekend. <laughs> Triple Grand Prix winner there before round, and then just sat around in seventh place and got mugged by Hulkenberg up to the line. Yep. Um, but yeah, of course. So we we've just gone on such a tangent about qualifying. <laughs> well, qualifying's um, the most important part of the weekend. Exactly. Right? Yeah. I mean, it was the bit that I actually watched uh, from the Grand Prix weekend there. But I mean, obviously, then we saw Bottas. Fair play to him. Actually, did quite well. Very good weekend. Well well. Up until a certain point, which we'll discuss in in a minute. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he seemed comfortable all weekend. Quicker than Hamilton come qualifying. Which we don't say too often unless it's the Russian Grand Prix. Yeah. Um, but again, heartbreak for him in the race, which we'll discuss in just a minute there. But yeah, I mean, again, obviously at the end of qualifying we had, oh, excuse me, obviously those couple of surprises. I mean, Carlos Sainz did really well up in P3, uh, P4 even, sorry. The, no, it was P3. It was fourth. It was fourth, yeah. And then obviously P3 on the grid after Charles Leclerc's demise. Uh, Lando as well, obviously fifth on the grid as well. Another really good job done by him. Gasly as well, third play to him. What a guy. Obviously able to go quicker than Hamilton into sixth place, or I'm sure he was very very happy uh, with that. Teammates in uh, in seventeenth, showing yep. the true pace of the car. Gasly's just getting the most out of it. Exactly. Uh, Sonoda's still also a rookie. No um, propaganda so at all here. No, no Japanese propaganda allowed apparently. According <laughs> to Jamie. Um, 
But yeah, so a good qualifying from a lot of people. Um, it's one of those weird ones, wasn't it? Where there was a lot of good qualifying for people and just a few people that were gutted really badly. Yeah. Which is kind of the way Monaco tends to work, but still. It's but then obviously... Being gutted. Yeah. Sunday, Sunday just before the race. S- Sunday morning rolls around. <laughs> Tell me about it, Jamie. Well, I was actually in a car until about quarter to two. So... Wonderful. I wasn't seeing the news at all until like... Yeah, as it happened. But Leclerc, well, they said his car was fine after the crash. No gearbox change, nothing. Yep. And then he does his outlap to the grid, and the drive shaft is broken. Um, Even though... They could have replaced it without a you, penalty. <laughs> you listen to Leclerc's radio. He reported a gearbox issue. Oh, yeah, but it, it actually wasn't. like that. That's not just Ferrari hiding the truth. Is it not Ferrari hiding the truth? No, I don't Are we it definitely saying it's also, not Ferrari hiding the, the truth? The drive shaft that broke was on the left-hand side, which wasn't the side that crashed. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you can so, put shock through it. it. Yeah, obviously they had a lot of shock waves through it, but like, yeah. it could have just been a completely unrelated mechanical issue. And if it yes, was, that's, yeah. that's quite surprising that two things break. It seems <laughs> it's still dodgy to me, I'll be honest. Yeah. It seems like Ferrari probably tried to cover up a bit of a boo-boo because they threw away a Monaco Grand Prix victory that probably would have been Charles. Let's be yeah. fair. Charles Leclerc could have, could and probably would have won that Grand Prix had he started from pole position there. But of course, that meant for the start. I mean, it was a bit weird. Obviously, you had Max Verstappen yeah, on, the on right pole on the wrong side, basically. <laughs> Obviously, led into turn one. Watching it back, I was a bit gutted. I mean, I'm not surprised, but I was a bit gutted. Bottas <laughs> didn't keep the nose in. He backed had out he, really quickly, didn't he? Had he not just kept the throttle to the floor, he could have got either Verstappen would have hit him, and they would have both probably gone out, or Verstappen would have hit the wall and gone out straight away. And Bottas might have just got away with front wing damage, might have had suspension damage as well. Uh, but either way, uh, Bottas bailed out, as Bottas tends to, uh, which was a little bit gutting. But again, it, Verstappen lives rent free in his head, man. Well, like, Bottas amount... just rolls over for anyone. Yeah, no, like... but I mean, even Max Verstappen is so much more aware of it than anyone else. It's been for like five years now, hasn't it? I remember yeah. back when they were doing like the overtakes of the year back in 2017, and he was literally going Everyone on about like, Bottas was... tax, wasn't it? <laughs> It was, he was the, like, R- Ricardo's, Ricardo's move wasn't moving a year, yeah, because yeah. <laughs> of Bottas tax. He's like, how on earth, he's as a so Formula 1 driver who... I don't well, it's not even that he's bad at racecraft, necessarily, but he's like you in league racing. He just takes <laughs> no risk. He just makes it boring wow. and dull. And I just want to see Bottas keep the nose there once, so at least next time round, Verstappen second-guesses himself a bit. That's all I, I, I want, Valtteri. I feel That's personally all attacked. Good. Okay. Good. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so Bottas could have maybe kept the nose there down his towards turn one. Didn't, rather unsurprisingly. Uh, Hamilton was the first of the front runners to pit, wasn't he? After we saw Schumacher bang Mazepin on that one uh, for an easy move. <laughs> yep. Uh, nothing really happened until the pit stopped, as you, as you yeah. would expect. So um, <clears throat> I'm right in thinking Hamilton pit first. Yes, so there was a big gap emerged. Hamilton was eighth, no, sixth, seventh sixth. at this point. No, he was sixth. Sixth at this point. He started yeah, 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 seventh, yeah. obviously yeah. sixth straight away behind Gasly in fifth. So How do had... I know more than this than you? I wasn't really paying attention that part of the <laughs> And then you had um, Vettel right behind Hamilton and Perez right behind Vettel. Yeah. And then a big gap back to Giovinazzi, I think it was. Um, yeah. So obviously Mercedes see this gap. Like, oh, we can pay Hamilton and we'll get a free air, which is great because he's just stuck behind Gasly. He then That's goes basically the all Monaco's all the way. Yeah. He goes up to the hard tyres, comes out the pits, does as fast an outlap as he can. And then 
one lap later, Gasly pits from the softs and is still ahead of Hamilton. Yeah, um, and comfortably as well, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It wasn't. Close, it wasn't like really. they were side by side of the hill yeah. like we saw with Vettel soon after. And then, yeah, that obviously left Hamilton still in sixth place. Yeah. Um, and then both Vettel and Perez went longer. Vettel only by one more lap than Gasly, but and managed to overcome. Whipped both it out of the bag. Yeah, fair play yeah. to Seb. He's been Seb's pretty mediocre all year, uh, but that was really good by him. Yeah, up into what was then sixth, which became yeah. fifth, obviously when Bottas. Well, Bottas pit beforehand, didn't he, I think? Oh, maybe, or it's around the same time, anyway. Bottas so. pit one lap after Hamilton, so obviously it was whilst all this was going on, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Valtteri Bottas has now confirmed to have had the longest pit stop in F1 history. The tyre uh, is still on. At the time of recording this video, <laughs> the tyre is genuinely still stuck on that it's car. It's been over 24 hours. It's literally been a 24-hour pit stop uh, for poor Valtteri Bottas. I mean, again, it's one of those horrible things, isn't it? Because this was a weekend where Valtteri really could have... I mean, he could have clawed back big points on Hamilton, first of all. Yeah, he would have finished uh, which second is always the first. He would have finished second, straight up. He just would have finished second in so that Grand Prix there. points gained on Hamilton. Yeah, like that. yeah. So that's quite a big gap. That's more than you get for winning when your teammate's in second. So Yes. Yeah, Bottas yeah. had... I mean, I was a bit gutted for him, I'll be honest, because, again, like I said, he did do really well in qualifying. Yeah. It was one right. of those horrible weekends for Valtteri. Where <coughs> we, get, we give him a lot of stick, generally, because he's not that great most weekends. But genuinely, this weekend, he seemed to be on the money. Yeah, And it still was. gets... And unfortunately, I mean, in six months' time, there's a fair chance, if it wasn't for the tyre still being stuck on the car now meme that's going to occur... <laughs> we would all just put it down to Bottas being meh again and completely yeah. forget that he actually was up to that point a really good weekend by him. Yeah, 100%. Although it was quite funny because it is Bottas. So. Yeah, yeah, there, there is that as well. I mean, we've had... I mean, I think you can see, can't you, during the pit stop, you can see him put the wheel gun in and just all this metal fly out in every direction. Yeah. I watched like, um, Ted's notebook and he said the actual wheel gun, like, machined the... Uh, machine the, the wheel, wheel onto the bearing yeah so all of the like grooves in the wheel nut that are there to grip onto just went yeah. it basically yeah. sanded it down to nothing so you yeah. couldn't get it off so right. it's still on the car to this day <laughs> yeah it's bottas is going to have to use that tire for the rest for of the, the rest year. of the season yeah it's just, it's just going to be there for yeah. from now on for good uh for paul valtteri bottas there but of course then we saw uh vettel or we didn't see as the case no. <laughs> was, Vettel and Gasly. Vettel, like we said, side does the overcut, the comes out of the pits, side by side of the hill, and we cut to Lance Stroll making a boo-boo. Yeah. I'm sorry. I mean, like I said, I didn't watch the Grand Prix. I watched some of the Formula 2 earlier on in the weekend. Obviously, I watched qualifying. The race directing this weekend was arguably the worst I've seen in memory, just at all. It was horrendous. It wasn't great at all. I, I try to have sympathy for race directors because I've done, I've done it at F1 Esports. Yeah, it's quite hard. It's not <laughs> the easiest job in the world, but at Monaco, surely you think it's a bit easier than a lot of places. Yeah, nothing happens, and the one thing that happened, they cut away from. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, obviously that was planned that they would go to that replay in advance. Then, so just think on your feet. Someone cancelled the automation. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It can't be that hard to stop it. But, the, I yeah. mean, the F1 TV center is sophisticated beyond belief. Like the amount of just stuff and technology they've got in there is insane. And they still miss the one thing that happened during the Grand Prix. Yeah. I mean, again, with F1 where it's at now, I mean, it leaves us with a lot of memes ready for the next few yeah. weeks. I'd probably say it's worth it. Just for the did memes did you there. see the Aguero one online? <laughs> yes. Cut so away to Lance Stroll. <laughs> that, was, that was quite good. So, I mean, again, you, you try and look at the positives. 
and these things. But I know I said to one of my mates, I went, someone I'm sure is having a job review this morning after the shambles that was Race Direction <laughs> over the weekend. Now, on our notes, uh, the next thing I've got is Hamilton Cries. <laughs> I yes. genuinely am not sure what that is, so please, I, can I you explain that to me? Um, Jamie did write the notes this week. <laughs> so... It was when he came out behind Gasly a couple of yes. hours later. Yes. Oh, you know, I did hear this in all fairness. It was yeah. after Perez had pit. So Perez was in effectively eighth. eighth. Yeah. Um, and went really long in the free yeah. air. He had o- overcut both Hamilton, Gasly and Vettel up into fourth yeah. quite comfortably. Um, Hamilton then gets informed that he's behind Gasly. Well, he knew he was behind Gasly. He's also informed that he's behind Vettel and uh, Oh, I'm Perez. sure he would have seen he was behind Vettel. Yeah. So, Unless he was looking at then, that stroll as well. And Hamilton's just absolutely fuming on the radio. It was like... Which you can't blame him. No, you can't blame him at all. But Bono said something proper stupid. It was like, right, we've lost places to Vettel and Perez. Sorry about that. <laughs> like, yeah. When you're talking to a multiple world champion, just saying sorry isn't really going to make much of a difference. Yeah. But yeah. I can see why he was, he was upset. But It was one of those things, wasn't it, where on the one hand, even as a Hamilton fan, I could admit, unless they find something was wrong with the car, he just didn't perform well enough. No, straight there wasn't up. Anything wrong with the car? No, not, not that we're aware of yet. I, I don't think there will be, to be honest. I think they've it's already just gone. They've already packed it up. They won't find it now. <laughs> eh, well, probably not. But yeah, no, it was just not a good weekend by Hamilton, no. unfortunately. But I, I would have thought, yeah, for him, surely. I mean, he, like you said, he tried to absolutely rag it around on his outlap and still couldn't get past Gasly. I think that tells you enough, doesn't it? About yeah. clearly he just wasn't issues this weekend. Yeah, in the car. yeah, it was very, very strange. Uh, then, of course. Uh, we go to Ricardo and his streets, or they once hmm. were. Um, after this weekend's performance, I think he belongs to the streets as well. Yep. Just it was what just so cool. can we say, Daniel Ricardo, man? What's I going on? I've read an he's... interesting thing online earlier on today, actually talking about how apparently it's the McLaren likes to understeer a lot, and Ricardo's driving style means he drags the brake really far into the corner. Apparently, that's why he's struggling so much. Personally, I believe if you're paid what 25 30 million pounds a year, you should, you should be able to adapt, yeah. yeah. Or you need to be spending more time on the seat, <coughs> one or the other. Yeah, it was really poor. And obviously, as Lando lapped him, uh, he waved, which I'm sure went down well. Yes, yeah. Um, but yeah, Ricardo was stuck in 12th behind Raikkonen like all race, yeah. which is where he started, or he effectively started 11th because of uh, no, he qualified 13th, didn't he? Or did he qualify? No, he qualified 12th. 12th. I've moved up to 11th because of Leclerc. Yeah. So he lost places in that race to Stroll and Raikkonen. Yeah. So, yeah, very, very, very poor. And I'm, I'm sure his fans are depressed. Yes, yeah. But we we don't know any of those. We don't fine. And, and certainly none who will watch this far into the video. So. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so then, of course, we've had all the boys on the podium. Lando, Carlos, Verstappen, the second youngest podium of all time. Because, yep. and I quote from Max Verstappen, it's because Carlos Sainz is old, which I thought <laughs> yep. was quite funny, bless him. And Sainz is what, 25, 26? 25, 26, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, ancient. So Ancient, is he? I, I really enjoy that. That's, I think it's why I like the race as much as I did, because the podium was unreal. I Obviously, I'm a Verstappen fan. I wanted to win a title. And just seeing Lando and Carlos together is just makes me Yeah, happy. Carlos and so. Lando back together is, is something we all wanted as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, we could try and go into discussions about whether Monaco should be on the calendar or all this, that and the other. It's just yes or no, Jamie. Do you believe Monaco still should be on the calendar? Yeah. 
it's a great event. It's it's well, a great event might be a bit maybe strong, great but, pushing it, but I think yeah. it's definitely not the worst. Uh, no, to, actually, to be fair, an event that is yeah. obviously the way to describe it, isn't it? Yeah. If you go, I can understand for new fans, on the other hand, obviously, as everyone's trying to market itself more and more each year to new beginners and things like that, it must seem really odd that the pinnacle of the year, the one Grand Prix everyone has to see, is a snooze fest. (laughs) Yeah, but there's something historical about it. Exactly. But a lot of people don't care about that. It's where it gets a bit difficult, isn't it? It is a really interesting spectacle, though, seeing these cars go so quickly through a town. Yeah, like, you don't get it anywhere else apart no. from Baku next week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I think it definitely belongs on the calendar. So yeah, yeah, it's so opinion. difficult, isn't it? I think it it's just one of those things, isn't it? Monaco is a constant in Formula One. I can understand people don't enjoy it. Again, like me, I wasn't worried when I found out when I was going out that I was going to miss Monaco. It didn't bother me particularly. It's not going anywhere, and I don't believe it should go anywhere. It's it's got to be there, otherwise, really, it's not F1 anymore, is it? It's not like a weird way. Yeah, it's like it's all a bit strange to describe, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I, I enjoy the event as a whole. Yes, so. yeah. I mean, it's Formula 2, for the bits I watched, was okay. Again, it wasn't action-packed, was but, I mean, as a Guan Yu Zhou fan, you spent most of the weekend... I don't want to know what you were doing, to be honest, actually. <laughs> uh, watching Guan Yu Zhou go around. Um... But, no, it's fairly, it was fairly decent as a Joe fan. He's still got a good, comfortable championship lead. So. He certainly does, yeah. The fact he's going to lose to Ticton by the end of the year, I think, is brilliant. I mean, Ticton couldn't even turn for Raskas at one point. Like, what is he doing? Yeah, that was that as well. But still, believe believe in Dan or Oscar uh, Oscar Pastries. Um, <laughs> if you don't watch F2, you should, by the way. It's, it is really good. Yeah, that, to be fair, I, I can agree. I've been trying to watch F2 more this year. I mean, I missed out some of the Monaco stuff. But I watched a fair bit as well. That was still good fun. Uh, but anyway then, looking towards Baku, obviously we'll do sort of a proper Grand Prix preview next week. Of course, we've got another off week now after Monaco. Top three for Baku, Jamie. That's going to be quite interesting. Mercedes would try and downplay their hopes because it's another street track, but it's so different to Monaco that like it's not really comparable. Uh, I'll go Verstappen, Hamilton, Bottas. You're going Verstappen still, are you? Yeah. He's Fair got enough. The, the flexi rear wing. He's going to be rapid on the straight. Is he actually still allowed to keep that? Is he for one more race until France? Oh, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So you're going. Uh, you're going Verham bot, are you? Yeah. I am therefore going to go Ham. Verbot. I almost went Hambot Ver, but I'm going to go Ham Verbot. So you're going the, 2021 the instead of 2020. I'm going to go 2021 <laughs> yeah, instead of 2020 for a race you, and you're going. I don't know where you're going. 2022. 2022, you believe, do you? Fair <laughs> enough. I admire the optimism there at the end of the day. But anything else to discuss from Monaco? Don't think so. No. Just... The, the golf livery was cool. I wanted oh, yeah. to I wanted to add that in there. Jamie said don't bother, but I, I'm adding it in there now. <laughs> what uh, yeah. Point. It, yeah, it was. It was, it was a good livery. It does open up the question of whether Monaco needs to be like a classic weekend for liveries and things like that. But you just think... That's great for the likes of Ferrari, McLaren. Yeah, what a Haas is yeah, just going to rock up with a livery from three years ago. Just go, oh, remember Rich Energy, that yeah. one time they were a sponsor. <laughs> uh, hey, and just stuff like that. But I mean, some of the other teams would be quite cool to see. I'd love to see like a classic uh, Toro Rosso livery back or things like that. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. Or a classic Williams. Um, I'll bring back the Minardi. 
That'd be cool. Bring back Minardi. Can you imagine if they did that? Like the K and L Airways or whatever it was. <laughs> back in the race. day. Yeah. That'd be mad. Yeah, you got you gotta represent yourself as like an old team. Have like Mercedes no, have Aston Martin come back with like the buzzing Hornets livery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be quite cool actually. That would Mercedes be a, a for a weekend. Oh, I'd love to see Mercedes for a That wouldn't be confusing at all for the new fans. No, exactly. That that wouldn't throw anyone <laughs> off at all. Yeah, imagine that. Formula One livery lottery. You have to represent someone else's team for a weekend. What are we doing? This is descending into anarchy, right. as it always tends to. <laughs> Just end it. At Get the it end over. of the day. But thank you all so much for watching, nonetheless. If you have enjoyed, do make sure you leave a like. Get yourself subscribed as well. Like we said, hopefully we'll be back next week again. Uh, we'll do a bit more of a Baku preview and obviously discuss some of the stuff uh, from the off week in the world of Formula 1. If there's anything you guys want us to discuss as well, let me know uh, down in the comments below. But yeah, we will be back uh, next Tuesday ready for the Azerbaijan Grand Prix preview.